Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts, Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada, as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings, one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I boring you? No, no. It's just that I've been up since 3.30 a.m., much yeah. like you. Yes. Let's get started, shall we? All right. Hi. Hi. Are, are we on? Yeah, we've been oh, live shit. for like another 20 minutes. Oh, um, crap. So how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Um, hi, guys. Welcome back. We're so excited. <laughs> Guess where we're podcasting from? Well, first... We're podcasting together. That's true. <laughs> We're finally in the same room. Yep. It's, it's happened. So exciting. Yeah. And we went on an old Hollywood realness field trip. We sure did. That's right. It might be the best field trip ever. Yeah. So Kathleen and I met up and we flew in on airplanes and we met up in Los Angeles. Yay. This is actually where we first met. It is. We went to our old stopping stomping ground earlier. Which we was did. Pretty dope. It was pretty awesome. It was so cute. We went to the 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 hallowed halls of the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandise. That's right. Yeah, it was pretty dope. We got to see good. a costume exhibit. Well, it was yeah. more like fashion exhibit yeah. of just amazingly beautiful, beautiful clothes um, that were from, gosh, like the last. Century. Oh, geez, like 200 years almost. Yeah. I mean, they had stuff that was from like the 1830s. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was beautiful, beautiful. If anyone's in the Los Angeles area, um, you know, and you like to geek out on beautiful clothes and costumes and things like we do, um, please go visit the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in downtown Los Angeles. They have, it's free, yep. um, and it's always free. They've been doing this for many years. Um, they, they have an exhibit space where they... Um, they will display um, co- both costumes and historical clothing, um, and they're actually preparing right now to be um, doing costumes that were nominated for uh, yep. for Emmys. Yep, so it's a history um, of it's TV, wonderful, too. wonderful, and wonderful. They do they generally do the his, the Oscar exhibit too every mm-hmm. year, and like if you live in Los Angeles area, just come down to, to go to fit them just yes. every they'll they'll have something every single time it you is go, it so is amazing and again it's free it's really it's, cool. it's free for everyone to see and it, they're beautifully curated this mm-hmm. and you you're even allowed to take pictures just yep. no flash yep. we got some lovely pictures when we were there and they have a beautiful little gift shop um it's just a really great place it's really nice mm-hmm. yeah and we also went and had brunch over at clifton's cafeteria which oh, that was, was so much fun so cool like talk about whimsy verse that place yes. was amazing it was like disneyland where you could swear yes pretty much <laughs> it was so cool like this place i mean it's been around since like 1930 something mm-hmm. like it's right on the the marquee and it's all there's like neon lettering outside and like the whole thing is like a forest but it's also very art deco inside yes and kind of a tiki vibe oh, so it was cool. it was a little of everything it's and so just amazing. also very elegant and um yeah just really something from another time and 
Uh, definitely worth checking out. Totally. And oh my God. Uh, we loved it. Couldn't, can't wait to go back. We it's could, totally our scene. We could have totally stayed there for at least three more yeah. hours for no reason. It was pretty. Easily. It was so, <laughs> so fun. Just to sit, sit there and be immersed in that. It was so mm-hmm. fun. They had like, they had a quartet of people playing like ragtime, like jazzy music at noon at on noon. a Saturday. It was. As God intended. I mean, this girl, <laughs> this girl was singing and this, and she was playing the, like the washboard and there was a guy playing the clarinet with who was an, an adorable man with a beard, which I was like, oh God. <laughs> and a piano player. It was like, yeah. So it if was you're, great. again, if you're in Los Angeles, go down to Clifton, spend some time. Highly recommend. And the food was um, cheap and pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the Bloody Mary was en point. Yes. And it was more garnish than drink. Which As I said, was, ask me about my garnish yes. because it was laden, heavily yes. laden with things. So and it was amazing. fantastic. Um, so we're actually here to talk about a movie. <laughs> we sure are. I know we, you wouldn't think that without things we just talked about. But we're here to bring you another installment of the Sexy Sailor Summer Series. Um, did I introduce the show? This is Old Hollywood Realness, the podcast dedicated to the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Ta-da! <laughs> and we're coming to you, well, not really live, I guess, when you finally listen to this, but we are almost at the base of the Hollywood sign. It's pretty dope. We got it's a really, really dope. rad Airbnb in the Thanks, Hollywood Thanks, Airbnb. <laughs> pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> so, we're, you know, we're living the high life, you guys. It's all happening. It's great. Um, Hitting the big time. So, we got another installment of the Sexy Sailor Summer Series, and this time, we're switching it up. We're done with sailors and moving on to pirates. Yar! Yay! I mean, yar! <laughs> yar! Uh, we're talking about Captain Blood from 1935. Mm-hmm. So this movie is from Warner Brothers. This is um, one of the first movies that Errol Flynn starred in. It's not yes. his first. It's like his third. But, it's but it like is his, our first Errol Flynn yes, movie. Yes, it's our first Errol Flynn. But it's one of the biggest ones. It's the one that That's made right. him a star, It actually. truly is. Mm-hmm. And his co-star in the movie, Olivia, Olivia de Havilland, his love interest, Ari, who played Arabella Bishop, She. this was like a star-making vehicle for both of them, it actually. Was. And it was a huge risk, too, because neither of them had star billing. And the mm-hmm. movie was very expensive at the time. Yes. So, and it was like people thought it was a bit of a like good luck with that yeah so um who else was in this movie we got lionel atwell played colonel bishop who is um olivia de Havilland's uncle in the movie not her real uncle um <laughs> we got basil rathbone yay. Go, we yay. love him back again girl <laughs> yes you may have remembered when we covered basil rathbone on our court jester yep. episode um he was um in an expert fencer yep and um he's much younger in this movie and he's he's a bad guy he's pretty awesome <laughs> he doesn't get a ton of screen time in this but i think Not he was so a much. big star so they give mm-hmm. gave him a bit of a top bill um, a higher higher billing mm-hmm. he plays la Vassieux, a pirate <laughs> a french pirate uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, please um, don't hate us french people we love you guys i know it's it's the gg episode all <laughs> we over can't again. help it we're not uh, trying to be creepy <laughs> <laughs> now I just want to say ha 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 ha. ha. Oh, it's an inside oh my gosh. joke. <laughs> no, it's not. So sidebar, y'all. We actually just went and had dinner at El Coyote, another sort of Hollywood, LA fixture, and <laughs> in typical what? LA fashion, we went. We were dining El Fresco, and there was this table of like I don't know, six or eight people next to us who were totally like 
Like, could we talk any louder about the fact that we work in the industry? Movies, movies, can't wait to see the premiere. And we're like, who are these nobodies? And <laughs> worst laugh ever was coming from that table. There was a, oh, my God. Every so often at the table next to us, this woman, this woman would laugh, and it literally was, and I'm not kidding, it sounded like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, what is it happening? It made Fran Drescher sound refined. <laughs> but it, it would happen at least four or five times, and I could not wait till she left and that entire table left so I can mock her voice because, or laugh because it sounded like she learned to laugh from like a Kathy cartoon. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty. I mean, and don't get us wrong. Amazing. We were clear. We were making fun of her promptly as soon as we heard that. We just did it low so no one could hear because we just, we made on contact instantly talking with our eyes. We were like, oh my God, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And then we heard it again. And it was like, yeah. Anyway. Good times. A little peek behind the curtain. Um, so, Where all the magic happens. I know. So who else is in this movie? We have, um, we also have Henry. We also, we also have Henry Stevenson who plays Lord Willoughby. This is Olivia de Havilland's um, escort. When then later in the movie, she comes back from England with Mm -hmm. this guy. And then we also have, um, we also have Ross Alexander who plays Jeremy Pitt, who ends up being the navigator when, um, Peter Blood becomes a pirate. And then we have Guy Kibbe, who is um, plays Henry Hagthorpe, who is Yay! one of the gunners. In Captain the movie. January. Oh, is he Captain yes, January? He, yes, oh, he is. that's so cool. That's, I love that movie. Um, so Mike, uh, the director of this movie is Michael Curtis, and the costumes are done by Milo Anderson, um, who did the gowns. Do you recognize the name Milo Anderson? Yeah. Because he did gowns, he, gowns, gowns. He did. <laughs> No, he did um, the costumes for Footlight Parade. That's right. Yep. So it all comes back. And he almost. And he was like the costume man for yep. for Warner Brothers at that time, like for almost 25 years. So awesome. Um, and then he um, later on in life opened up a store called Gowns, Gowns, Gowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> JK. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. So a couple of things about this movie, like we were saying. So um, the film did end up costing Warner Brothers a million dollars um, at the time, which works out to roughly $18 million in 2016 money, which was a big risk for them at yeah, the time. Yeah, and this and, was like in the Depression. I mean, I ni- mean we're talking 1935. Like, this is in the thick of it. like, um, And it had no household names on it since the end. Then, because of the film's success, it made Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland household names. Mm-hmm. Um, this was Errol Flynn's seventh film. Crazy! It's like I seven know. movies, and you weren't, but you know, really I mean, a big think star. About it, it was by only that 1935, point. seven movies. In I mean, even if he did them, over well, and they used to crank years. them out back yeah. then. I mean, he could have. What did he start in like 1933? <laughs> you know, <could> easily. <laughs> no. He's like, I did 15 films last year. <laughs> I mean, who are you, Norma Shearer? Like, <laughs> Oh my god. Ask me about my movies. Um so let's see. Uh so yeah, Milo Anderson was the designer of this movie and he also designed Footlight Parade where like I mentioned before, but no one was actually listed as designing the men's costumes for this movie, which I found kind interesting. of in, kind of interesting because the men's have some serious costume changes in this movie. Yes. Like it is like Frock coat after frock coat. Ask me about my giant cuffs. Like, yes, it's, and wigs. I mean, yeah, yeah. it is like serious wigs. Um, yeah. It's it's wigs, wigs, wigs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the hair designer after this opened up a wig store called Wigs, Wigs, Wigs. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie, and then also, 
a little bit of a scandalo, keep this on the QT, um, was that it was alleged that Errol Flynn had an affair with Mr. Ross and Alexander during the filming. The one who plays Jeremy Pitt, who's his, who's the navigator for this. He almost said lover. Well, <laughs> you know, the lithe little man. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so, yeah, and then... Uh, so Ross Alexander played Jeremy Pitt, who is the navigator in this movie. And there are some definite scenes in this, like during like the flogging scene when he, and then also like <laughs> when he, when, um, when Captain Blood comes to, um, Jeremy's aid, like after he's been flogged and he's kind of like dressing his wounds. It's very, like, there's a yeah. little bit of like, there's kind of something I, before I even knew that I was like, okay. Yeah. There's like, there's they're definitely getting a vibe there, but you're so, like, am I? It's like this? a slightly, slightly like overly tender moment yeah. between those two characters, which I was like, okay. And then when I read that, I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like validated. <laughs> yep. Um, but what's interesting and kind of like even more scandalous about this is actually Ross Alexander ended up killing himself um, by shooting himself in the head Jeez. in January of 1937. Um, and Captain Blood was d- released. That's hardcore, dude. Yeah, but Captain Blood was released in December of 1935. So think about Whoa. it. This movie was released in December of 1935. Like 1936 goes by. And then in January of 1937, the like third build man in this movie kills himself. Wow. It's kind of bananas. And didn't you mention his wife? His wife had killed himself, killed herself as well. And he ended up using the exact same gun. Like literally the same gun. Oh my God. Which I'm like, way to hold on to a memento, buddy. Like that's a little weird. Why do you God, shooting yourself is such a crazy way to go out. I mean, that's like, especially for a woman to do that. Hmm. I mean, that's what it's all about. Wow. If you're going to do it, do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> That's gross. Meh. <laughs> Why is my phone not opening? Okay. Um. So I'm gonna run through the story real fast. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh wait. How do you know this more? movie? Oh. How do have I you ever know seen it before? I haven't seen this movie before, and honestly, I don't have much background with Errol Flynn himself. I'm not as familiar with his his uh, repertoire of movies. Uh, so this was actually my first Errol Flynn movie. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun to see kind of like these sort of like early action movies. Cause yes. it really is like an action movie. There's a lot of like fighting. There's a lot of sh- like, not like what we would consider today, like action sequences, but there's a lot of like sort of like montage like back and forth cuts and those sort of things were not where they're not like, there weren't like fully choreographed scenes. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't, there's was a little bit of sword fighting between him and between, um, Captain Blood and Lavoisier, um, and, or Lavoisier. Yeah. Between him and, um, the French pirate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so there was some like sword fighting and I, it's interesting to see those movies like nowadays. Cause you're like, you're so used to these like well choreographed fight sequences that go on for hours and hours. And right. you're just like, it's so interesting, but no, I'm, I'm not familiar with this movie before. And I think that I'm going to get, um, Peter Blood's Bob done to my well, hair. You know. I'm going to get that nice little like below the ears page boy cut, <laughs> you know, because that's that's the look. It's hot. <laughs> that's the look that I'm going well, for now. You know, I mean, it's I guess, summer. It's jaunty. Yeah. It's a little like, you, you know, use a little less shampoo. It's a little shake and go, you know, <laughs> shake and go. 
<laughs> Do you know? Are you familiar? Have you seen this movie before? Um, well, uh, I have not seen this movie. Well, I have not. I have not seen this movie all the way through. What I know this movie from is the movie The Goonies, because oh. this is the movie that. Um, that Sloth, the character Sloth, is watching when he's sort of being like chained in this weird dungeon. Really? When he's watching, yeah. And it's and even the music from this movie they even used um, in toward the end scene where they're fighting the the kids are fighting the Fratellis on the ship. That's and so cool. So, so I didn't this know is that. sort of yeah. So this this movie was sort of the platform for like you know and and to me like the goonies is like one of my like favorite favorite movies of all time know it back to front love that movie so much went like and and you know what for real y'all astoria is just as amazing as it is in that movie (laughs) and i love yeah so i love that movie and yeah but that this movie is sort of playing in the background um while um when um chunk first discovers uh, <laughs> when Chunk first discovers Sloth and he's and he sees him there and he's you know and sees that he's just being sort of chained up and he kind of like pushes his food toward him because yeah. they're they're like they you know they were like assholes they just like put his food out of reach and and so anyway that, like that was the things he was sort of watching and and um, yeah so that's kind of how I know this movie oh. and as far as Errol Flynn movies what I'm most familiar with is The Adventures of Robin Hood which I yeah. love and that also has Olivia de Havilland in it as well oh, yeah they ended up film, starring in a few movies like yes. many movies together well they did and, that like, and then Dodge City yeah, afterwards I think they did like mm-hmm. four ended up doing four movies yeah. together yeah. yeah as like a little bit of a pair so. yeah. yeah so that's how I know it so. oh, that's great <laughs> and that's how other people may know this movie too is that if you if you familiar with the Goonies which I don't know how you wouldn't be this was what the, they were playing in the background at this point it's like it's time to see that movie yeah exactly um so let's talk about the storyline of this movie so it's 1816 and Peter Blood paid played by Errol Flynn mm-hmm. is a doctor um James II has taken the throne and people aren't too happy about it there's this um so there's this rebellion that happens which is the Monmouth Rebellion and um, during this rebellion, a lord is injured and Peter is called to his aid in the middle of the night. And while attending to the wounded, um, the houses ends up being raided by the king's men. And they um, they arrest, they everyone involved is all arrested for treason against the king, including Peter, even though he's a neutral party. So what happens is, is that they all end up going in front of the judge and they're all sentenced to death. But before the judgment could be enacted, they are spared by King James himself because he has some weird agent guy dude who's like, oh, you know, we could really bring in some money if we sell um, these people as slaves instead of <laughs> putting them to death. The old two He's, for one. Didn't he say something like it's a waste of flesh or something? Pretty much, yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Gross. We could take these perfectly good human bodies and yes. put them to work. Uh, so they decide to sell them off as slaves at the West Indies. So they, they're put on a boat and then they um, they arrive. Um, they are sent to this place called Port Royal. And when Peter, um, when they arrive, Peter Blood and some other, so a bunch of other people, a bunch of other like uh, in his core group, he's got like a little buddy system mm-hmm. of like maybe like five or six dudes. And so, and he, he was like sort of taking care of them on the ship. Yeah. He had like a little bit of a like he's, Cause he's a doctor. So yeah. he's like always like you see him throughout the movie. He's always like taking care of people. It's like that, um, the Hippocratic oath, I yeah. believe of the yeah. doctors he take. And that that's kind of seriously. what was his downfall to begin with. This yeah. is like, look, I'm a doctor. Like I, this is what I do. I help people. Yeah. He was a little, he was leaning in really heavy on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's kind of hot. <laughs> So, um, so a bunch of his friends are being purchased by, um, by Colonel Bishop, Lionel Atwell. And, um, 
then of course he has to so peter blood gives lionel um gives um colonel bishop attitude because you know he's peter blood and that's what peter (laughs) blood do so he gives him attitude and he doesn't want to buy him so basically what happens is that olivia de havilland um arabella ends up who is who is colonel blood's niece she's there during the whole sale of the slaves and she decides to just buy peter blood to save him Mm -hmm. basically to spare him from going to the sulfur mines which is supposedly like a terrible place for slaves to go yep which i like that there's various levels of slavery and like there's bad slavery and okay slavery and not so bad yes exactly it's all slavery it's all bad it's all bad it's all kind Um, of awkward yeah it's it's a little bit anyway so um so then so she basically pay buys him out and saves him from doing that and of course peter blood is very resentful of that like he's Mm -hmm. not feeling this He's like, I don't want to be rescued by a lady. Um, so at Arabella's suggestion, uh, Blood begins tending to the governor of Port Royal because he's suffering from gout. Um, and basically what happens is this elevates his status, even though he's a slave. And Bishop begins to hate um, begins to hate Blood even more. Like mm-hmm. he has even more ammunition as to hate him because he's like kind of like an uppity slave where he's just like kind of above his status. Which <laughs> how is, dare you? I know. How dare you, how dare you be a slave and ride a horse? Right. You know, that sort of and thing. And no things. Yes. And no things. <laughs> um, so Arabella's got the hots for blood be, um, because, you know, it's a trash. Look at him. Yeah. And it's also a trashy romance novel, basically. Right. <laughs> so she's like, you know, bodice ripping and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so what happens is blood begins cooking up a scheme to escape. Cause he's like, I got to get off this Island. I'm going crazy. So he uses his position to have the useless doctors of the island um, procure a boat for him so him and some other slaves can sail away. And then what happens is during the evening that they're actually going to escape, Colonel Bishop gets suspicious and um, basically whips... Um, ends up whipping Blood's buddy Jeremy Pitt, played by Ross Alexander, RIP. And he's basically trying to get information out of him because he suspects that something's going on. So he thinks that the way to get information is to whip um, uh, Jeremy, the who ends up later on becoming the navigator. So, mm-hmm. um, but Jeremy doesn't give up the goods. So it ends up doesn't get doesn't be very fruitful. So what happens is there's this whole thing when Blood comes back and he sees Jeremy Pitt getting flaw or post flog Mm -hmm. and they left him on the rack and he's like needs water and all this stuff. So he um, tends to his wounds and all this stuff. And um, Bishop comes back and is like, how dare you? And all this stuff. And that's when that scene that I'm talking about where there's like a little bit of a tender moment between, between Errol Flynn and Ross Alexander. And you're like, "Mm, that's a knowing look. I see. (laughs) I know what's happening here. Tending to wounds. Oh, wait. No one can see me do air quotes. <laughs> Never, yes. That's what I did. Yes. Just really put the italics in yeah. your words. Um, so while, so so Bishop gets like, goes, goes nuts. He's like, how dare you? So he ends up putting blood on the rack and he's like, he ends up whipping him once. And then what happens is that the, the pirates arrive mm-hmm. and the pirates basically laid siege to um, Port Royal, which ends up being like a perfect, perfect timing. Couldn't have asked for better. Mm-hmm. So, and these are Spanish pirates. So um, what happens is, is um, during that whole, during the diversion, blood and his crew end up stealing a rowboat from the, from the Spanish. And then they go over to one of the boats 
Um, and they basically take it over. They kind of like Shanghai a boat from the from the from mm-hmm. the Spanish, throw them all overboard or fu- and kill them and all this stuff. And then they end up using that boat to defeat the pirates, which yep. was kind of amazing, you know. Um, and ba- when the whole when all the dust settles, uh, Colonel Bishop goes out to the ship to thank his saviors only to get tossed overboard by, um, by blood and his former slaves mm-hmm. because they're like, uh, uh-uh, girl, you can't just be like, we, we know what you are. Like it's, it was amazing. Cause they, it was totally like a moment of go fuck yourself, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I love so that too. Good. Um, so that's when the band of former slaves and blood, they basically decide that we're going to be buccaneers from now on because mm-hmm. we're, ba- we're men without a, without a home because we can't go back to England because we're, we're slaves and we can't go back to Port Royal because mm-hmm. we're slaves there. So it's like, we kind of just have to do the high seas things for a little while, um, which is kind of rad. And they, uh, they're basically just plundering any ship that they find um, that crosses their path. Um, yeah. And let's see. So Blood and his crew be- end up becoming inf- infamous pirates. And King James is super embarrassed about how many ships, how many English ships that they, they're sacking. And which is actually kind of cool because they have this whole credo, too, that they have like mm-hmm. all these rules that they're sh- sailing under. And Blood makes these uh, decrees where they can maroon anybody for um, being drunk on the job or which I even love that like it molesting any woman without her, <laughs> uh, without her consent, which I was like, wow, Peter blood's kind of a feminist Yeah, he <laughs> where is. he's just like, don't fucks with the ladies. He, we, he's got standards. I know. Yeah. I like that. I was like, Oh, it was like kind of, it was nice to see that they weren't like, you know, you can have your way with any lady you want. They're like a no rapey no and no molest without consent. Yes. No molestar. <laughs> um, pretty much. Um, so I did enjoy that. And then, so uh, what happened was, is that, so King James is super butt hurt that he's getting, um, he's getting all his ships are being robbed and all this stuff. So what he does is he, He's really annoyed that the governor, the current governor with the gout is not doing anything about it. So mm-hmm. he ends up appointing Colonel Bishop to be the governor of, of Port Royal and then blood um, and port uh, got, sorry, Colonel Bishop wants nothing more than to capture and kill mm-hmm. Peter blood. So they, um, so th- he ends up sailing off to try and find them. And meanwhile, uh, blood and his posse flush with cash head to Tortuga for some rum and poon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they meet the infamous French captain, French captain Lavasseur played by Basil Rathbone. And he yes. is a French pirate and he's kind of like, it's like of the pirates out right now, it's Peter blood and uh, captain Lavasseur. And those are like the two big pirates. So they end up joining forces and becoming pirate partners. Yes. And they sail under blood's rules. And then what happens is, is that they meet up the last. So they have this plan where they're like, Hey, let's go plunder some, um, some boats. And Mm -hmm. we're going to meet back up on this random Island. Um, later on. So what they do, so when they do meet up, Lavasier is there and blood is there and Lavasier has taken captive the boat that Arabella is sailing on because she was on her way back to England. Yes, the tables have turned. Yes. So what happened was, is that, um, 
so Blood's like, I'll buy her from you. And Blood or and Lavasier's like, no, nah, girl, I want her for myself. <laughs> and they end up getting in like a big old sword fight. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> yes. Which I'm like, could there, it's a little on the nose with the men's, you know, it's like. Well, they didn't touch wieners. Yeah, Everything's cool. No. But <laughs> I'm just like, could there be a more apropos, like, like metaphor for that? So um, they end up fighting and then um, Lavasier gets killed by Peter Blood and then um, Arabella ends up going, um, being taken captive by Blood on their boat. And Peter Blood's like, totally, he ho- totally has like a nice, he totally has like a moment where he's like, you're my slave now. That's I right. own you. And like, he's like, how do you like me now, bitch? Like, it's <laughs> totally like, he like shakes her He gets butt, intense. Shakes yeah. a bitch. It's like crazy. I'm like, damn, really going for it. Um, but that's when he also gets like, she's like, I just want to trying to go back to Port Royal and all this stuff. And so he ends up being like, fine, I'll take you back to Port Royal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I don't care about I you. Know. He's like, I don't care. I'll do it. I don't care. Tell me I won't. And so they end up going back to Port Royal and, um, they're, they're being attacked too, aren't they? They're being attacked yes. by the French mm-hmm. at the time. So they show up and Port Royal's being laid siege to by the French. And so they end up doing this whole thing where Peter Blood's boat flies the French flag to sneak in, right. to sneak up onto the, um, the, the ships. And then he starts attacking the French ships on behalf of the, um, on behalf of the English. Because wasn't there a certain point that, um, it was announced that the King James was dead or not off the, was off the throne. Yes. And then yes. there was, a, and then there was William and there was yes. William. So the whole dynamic kind of changed for them as far as like, you know, because her, because, um, because Arabella is like, cause when she, cause she was coming back from England back to mm-hmm. Port Royal. I may have said that wrong. She wasn't on her way to England. She was actually coming back. Um, and, she was with um, Lord Willoughby, mm-hmm. um, and he was in, he was like, oh, by the way, King William is now on the throne, and King James, like King James, is no longer the king. So you yep. have nothing to worry about. Yep. And they're like, yay, King William is back. And huzzah! Yeah, huzzah! It was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, King William, Shanta used to. So they, they're like, great. So now we can go back to England. So they end up flying the English flag, defeating the French, the French army mm-hmm. and, or the French Navy. Knowing they're not slaves anymore, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Um, and then that's when, uh, Colonel Bishop is, then they have to go back to the Island and Colonel Bishop is like, I'm the governor now. And then there's this whole thing, which is hilarious where they end up on the Island at the very end. It's so cute. Because um, Peter Blood goes back to the island, right? Yes. And Bishop is like, she thinks that he Bishop put him to death. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that he becomes the governor of the island. Yes. Which is amazing. And then they end up making out mad. <laughs> like they end up like together yeah. and making out. It's adorable. And then Bishop comes in and he's like, how dare you all this stuff. And she does this whole terrible acting thing where she's like, Oh no, you have to spare the governor. And it turns out that Peter bloods the governor. And then, so Bishop has to basically, um, kind of like beg for his life because (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) he's like, that's right. 
I'm boning your knees. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. And it's like, the end. Hollywood. Um, Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So. It was, a, it was a really cool movie to watch. It was very, um, this is definitely one of those movies that, um, I, and I'm not like all for like colorizing every black and white movie, but I feel like if this movie had been done in color, I think it would have been even more compelling, but it was really cool. I mean, just as it was, yeah. it was really awesome. I think in black and white, I think it was actually really cool. Like to see a black and white movie it was. Like, that had a lot of action. One thing that I really want to point out is that the, um, action sequences of the boats was so much fun to watch because it's so obvious that they're models, tiny boats. like teeny <laughs> tiny boats. And tiny there's like boats. little tiny, you could see like the firecracker explode. <laughs> Explosions pew, like pew, like pew, exploding pew. out of the side of the boat, and like this tiny little amount of like wood, like kind of splintering. It's it's so cute, tiny but it, it's so it's so funny. But it was really adorable. But like, yeah. it was really good. I think I think it was fun to watch. It was it was, really it was a romp of a movie. Like if you're into um, you know sword fighting, swashbuckling movies, mm-hmm. it's certainly like. It kept my attention, which is good because yeah, some movies, too. some of these like kind of old time, older action movies don't really keep my attention. Yep. Yeah. I can, I can see that. That's one, like, I, uh, like, I agree with it. It is beautiful in black and white, but I think sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I would have, you know, like some of these, it's like to be able to see like the, you know, they're out on the, on the water and these sort of yeah. big expanses and the costumes, of course, like you're like, Whoa, what, what would yeah. that have looked like? But the set you know, of the boat was great. really beautiful too. Mm-hmm. The, like, oh, the, I know. The pirate yes. ship that they were sailing on was, was actually beautiful. really beautiful. Olivia de Havilland really had some looks in this movie too. Oh my God. Serious looks. I mean, I don't know. I mean, 1600s. I don't know if this was like at all period no. accurate no, because it is, looked very antebellum. It, like it's, she yeah, was this like, is like 1930s, almost yes. antebellum. And like, I guarantee that like lace parasol did not exist like that. I'm back sure. Then. But it, she did but who look, cares? she did look amazing with like, and again, this is sort of like we've, we've touched on this and like with Marie Antoinette as well. Like this is coming from a time when people did not really have a lot of extent sources yeah like as far as doing like real costume research and sort of doing this kind of stuff this i mean they didn't really have a lot to go on um you would have been paintings if if they did that yeah. at all illustrations, um, illustrations. Like, this would have been the same this, era as like three musketeers right. those alexander dumas dumas mm-hmm. movie um, books and stuff that were happening so right and there's not like there weren't like portraits of pirates really done I mean if you're talking about people sort of on the fringe the best you would have got would have been like portraits of like King James and Mm -hmm. people around that time and that's actually like sort of the time of like Puritans and and that kind of stuff and then like you know as they said like as he after he dies it's like it's William and that was that was like William and Mary when that that sort of you know and so yeah a lot of that sort of stuff I mean, who knows even if they really, how much they really did research like that um, at that point, or even for that kind of those movies, how much Milo Anderson did that as opposed to um, like, like I said with Marie Antoinette where he seemed to like, we really found information that he studied pictures and, and really tried to emulate portraits. And you really see that in the, in the dresses and stuff that she wears in this, not so much. It definitely looks kind of antebellum especially with her little like ringlet curls yeah. and even at the very end she's even got this sort of pert little bow which is very 1930s like snow white looking i would oh, say oh yeah like right know? on the top like it's mm-hmm. got like a veil it's so funny too because the last look is basically like a faux wedding gown mm-hmm. like it's very like it's 
It's all like it appears white, but it has literally a long veil mm-hmm. on it. Like it couldn't be any more than like it's it almost is like, like a, a mantilla, like a Spanish yeah, mantilla or something. Which may would make sense for mm-hmm. that kind of. But it's funny because it's like it is. It's like if they were kind. He's kind of telling you the story that they're going to get married. Like yes, because now foreshadowing. She's like, yeah, <laughs> it basically is like kind of selling that fantasy. But I think what was really kind of interesting about this movie too is the 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 amount of men's clothing in this movie. The move. The I mean, there's literally two female characters. Yes, in this there's movie. there's it's, very few females. It is. Um, it's Olivia de Havilland and then her, the woman who plays her aunt. There's that one scene where there's like sort of like. There's kind of a sex worker the, uh, yeah, sort of like prostitute a, yeah, like, pro- situa- like a barmaid yeah but, yeah but i think that like far as it goes like the movie was like really men it was like men centric so the costumes were a lot of the costumes right. were men movies or men men looks and a lot they were all very beautiful well done actually like I all think these they actually hit coats. the mark more on her on on i'm sorry on on the men's stuff oh, totally. and then also sort of the side character like the aunt she her silhouette and even her little like cap that she wears and the way it sticks up like she's kind of got more of it a silhouette from that time more than Olivia de Havilland but this is also a perfect example of um and and you see this a lot particularly with not just leads but women leads they will deviate away from historical accuracy for the sake of making them pretty oh yeah and making them beautiful and I think that that was definitely done I mean even I don't even know if honestly if Olivia Havilland was even wearing a bra in this which would have been very 1930s like because she looks she's wearing these dresses but she doesn't look like she has any support in them Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong she looks amazing this is not no hate here she looked good and everything is tailored beautiful to her body but it's it's that 1930s silhouette where they really weren't wearing structured bras or or underwear or anything like that and yeah. certainly no corsetry uh, that of any kind and you you can just sort of see that in the way that everything is and they do a lot of like off the shoulder and sort of these you know sleeve details lots of ruching and and shearing and and uh, she's always in a lot of light colors and that maybe is also well, yeah, she's kind of an ingenue, but also, um, you know, you get the impression they're in this place. It's very hot and tropical. There's there's a lot of scenes where people are like fanning themselves. They look like yeah. they're sweating. That's even something I really noticed about this movie too. Philip is like, you're watching it, and you can almost like feel the humidity. Yeah, and they they talk about how hot they are. They look like they're sweating, and I'm sure it was probably very easy to recreate under those hot stage lights <laughs> oh or whatever God, they're yeah. doing. It's just sort of like cool. We'll just. Uh, you know, not have any air conditioning. I don't know how they would have even done that, but it, you know, spray bottles. Yeah, but <laughs> but everybody did look kind of sweaty, yeah. like sweaty and hot, and um and she's got a parasol and big hats, and so there's definitely sort of this air of like they're in this tropical climate, yeah. and they talk about it a lot, like being so hot. Okay, I have to feel like. I, we have to mention those creepy ass doctors yes. who like live on the island with, who are the original doctors that deal with the governor, the gout inspectors, <laughs> the gout, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> they're like two completely useless guys, oh, yeah. and they're like they could not have cast more of like nerdy ass dudes <laughs> to play those doctors, and they're like, oh, well, we have leeches. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> they're so useless. It's so funny. Like literally, like one looks like a pinhead and the other one looks like Cogsworth or something. It's so bad. Oh my god, this is so good though. I love it. Like like the one who's kind of like got the pinhead, like the short 
bob sort of curls. But like his cravat and everything is like not even tucked in. It's just sort of fluttering on the outside, like outside. It's just like, what are you, what is going on here? Fucking nerds. (laughs) So good. Oh my God. That was great. Yeah. They were like, God, I hope they got executed at some point. <laughs> oh, the other person I thought was a real gem was the little black kid who was, who was oh the, fan, the yes. little fan. He stole the show. He really he did. He really did. Like, I kept looking at him and I was like, where is, why is he not in everything? I know. He was my favorite. I don't even know if he even got billing in this. I don't but he, he is adorable. He kept like doing this whole thing where he was like falling asleep. Like he's supposed to be fanning, fanning the governor, but he'd like start kind of like nodding off. And I just kept looking at him. He was so adorable and like was doing this whole like thing behind him. And like, he basically would nod off, but then like the, the governor, every time he'd be like, wow. And he'd he'd go back to fanning. It was great. Oh my God. It was, he was really good. Oh my God. Oh my God. We need to talk about the governor because that dude was weird as fuck too. Hello. Are you going to bleed me again? Oh my God. All excited. What? He's such a creep. He was like, oh. Suffering from gout, which basically, by the way, I did not realize this is basically just a vitamin deficiency. Yeah. It's like eat a vegetable. I'm like, come on. It's really messed up. Like, it's definitely something. Whenever you hear about someone having it today, you're just like, wait, what? How did, how did I had that a even co- happen? I had a coworker whose dad got gout. I knew a guy my age who had gout, who had got it. And you just get it. You just have it, right? Like, you, it doesn't go away. It just flares up. I think that it's like you just, it's because you have a poor diet and you just need to eat more like natural foods. And like, it's because you're like, it's almost like, it's like scurvy, but not for citrus fruits and vitamins. It's yeah. like more like minerals that come in vegetables and stuff. It's, yeah. It's like, I need to it's do, crazy. It's like kind of weird because the girl. Cause I think like Thomas Jefferson or somebody well, had it yeah. like too because, but I just remember like learning about it. it was like, oh, because you eat too many rich foods. Yeah. I'm it's like, all like, what are you just it, slamming it, down the pate? Like, what like, are you doing? It's Yeah. It's like if you eat nothing but red meat and gravy, it's like, that's, that's what happens. Nuts, you man. end up getting like some sort of like blood weird fit deficiency in your it's, it, it's just like this guy and this guy was really just leaning into his gout he loved being a gout sufferer it's just weird oh my god yeah. and then he started getting some sort of weird florence nightingale syndrome where he started falling in love with peter blood which i was well, like this is so weird I mean, look at him <laughs> he did look a bit like a duck like he looked a bit like a some sort of he had like a weird bird face and he was he just could not wait to get that one point, like you were saying, when he was like, perhaps it's time to bleed me again, which I I think I screamed out You're loud like, when he what? said that. I was like, that's upsetting. <laughs> Bring me more leeches, stat. <laughs> Ugh, so gross. What else was there? Oh, my God. There was that guy, that random character actor. His name was Honest. The character's name was Honest. Oh, yeah. And he he blew off his toe later on to try and get extra money. But then the, when they first show him, <laughs> I mean, I love that you're just shaking I, your head. Nobody can see that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Narrow he, eyes, head shake. He said, like, he was brought up on charges of uh, of being in debt. And they were like, yeah, and that's they were right. like, and he's like, what's your profession? He's like, I'm a, I'm a ship's carpenter when the painful necessity arises. <laughs> I don't like, like working. How lazy is this dude? Pretty lazy. Lazy enough to blow off his toe. Apparently. He's just like, I need a couple hundred. And then that, and, and then that toe, my friends, is what they would put in the old toe shot in the tavern. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of that? No. Oh, that's something I... That? Well, apparently up in the Yukon, there was like this... I'm listening. <laughs> there's like this 
there's this bar up there and they have this like petrified toe <laughs> and there's this thing. And it's like, if basically they would take, you put it in like a shot of liquor and you'd have to take the shot with the, with the toe in there. So you'd like drink something with the toe in there. And apparently people have accidentally almost swallowed it. And I just recently read that someone stole it. But oh. it's like a thing. But yeah, it's like it's like this. Oh my little god! Pe- yeah, it's, I don't know. That's my mouth. I'm is going a, off a task gape. right now. But anyway, well, it sounds like Google toe in the Yukon, y'all. <laughs> sounds like we need <laughs> toe to have, shot. <laughs> we need to have another OHR field trip. You ain't a man until you take a toe shot. <laughs> <laughs> field trip to the Yukon? I'm yeah. down. I'm fucking down. Let's do this. We could watch Bella the Yukon starring Gypsy Rose Lee. I would love that. Uh, have you seen that movie? No, but uh, no, it's like it's total like a gold rush era it's area. And it's got all this history. It's kind of amazing because she has some looks in that movie. As I she mean, should. It's Gypsy it's Rose Lee. Amazing. When does she not have a look? I mean, it's really good. Sidebar, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out check check out Bella the Yukon if you got some time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what else? What other kind of looks? Oh, I actually feel I feel like I failed to mention too the a lot of the shots like the wide shots of this movie mm-hmm. are especially in the beginning of this movie. There's like these really wide empty shots where it's literally just like them in the foreground and then like these big giant shadows cast on the wall. It's oh, yeah. super theatrical. It's very like theatrical. a very stage theater. It was mm-hmm. like. There's some of the scenes that like uh, there were like half of the scenes that were shot in interiors. The interior was like bare. There was like right. no set decoration at all in the theater or in the in the set. But there was like all these like beautifully like kind of like very like um, very just uh, creative shots where they like or um, ingenious shots where they had like shadows cast on the wall. Like or shadow shadows, play. shadows cast on the wall while people were come while they were the, like mm-hmm. the, the troops were storming in. It was like kind of really well done because I feel like maybe they were kind of saving their money for like the, the ship scenes or like I know that's something tropical. you definitely saw a lot more like in silent films. Yeah. You know um, just with a lot of those action stuff because it's like you can kind of tell that story without really a lot of dialogue and everything but yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. But I like dramatic. the there was the scene that scene when they came in when the the troops came in and the arrested blood and mm-hmm. then even the courtroom scene was very bare didn't have a lot of set decoration but it was very like they did like kind of set the tone of like the austereness it of makes it, it very it unnerving like, yeah it mm-hmm. was yeah, i was i, I did that. note that and i was like that's really cool yeah and I feel like there was. I feel some... like that's classic Warner Brothers. Like they're really good at like setting up these mood shots, yeah. you know, that I just really mean, give you this really like worked, feeling though. of like either anxiety or anticipation or dread or like they can sort of paint that scene again, all in black and white, all so in cool. just grayscale. Like, so yeah. it's just, it's amazing. It had like a very like almost painterly or like like almost like illustrative mm-hmm. vibe to it, where yeah. it was or very graphic looking. Which well, I, I mean, was this like, was based really on a novel, cool. so I guess it's like you know, yeah, just sort of really. It was a great way to to do the storytelling. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that it's like when people say that they've either never I swear to God never seen a black and white movie or just can't be bothered or don't. They're just like I don't get it. This is this is the kind of stuff to me. It's like. Like when I see movies like this, I'm like, oh, but it's you. They do so much with so little. I know, yeah. Really, by 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 standards nowadays, you know, and I mean, just 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 like just watch it, just let it carry you, and just really give it a chance. Yeah, it's like think about it. Like they, your color palette was shades of gray. Yes, and that was the best you got. Like you're yeah. lucky that, was and you like, were lucky that they weren't 
like it was clear. You yeah. Know? Like to have clarity like, in that in that gray. Yeah, you're like we're, and sound. Yeah. Sound was also still in its infancy, really. Totally. It's it's kind of interesting. It was just and they did so much with it. And they, they did like, so they much. They really did a great job. And I the think. acting was great. I mean. Like, like we always say, it's like, you know, we make, we make comments or jokes or whatever, but these people work their asses off, you know, and yeah. really did, did amazing, amazing things that continue to inspire, inspire people. I'm sure like you could probably look at any pirate movie. Yeah. Any pirate movie was probably, this is like sort of patient zero. I feel like <laughs> from just about every pirate movie, including pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, it's captain blood. That's, yeah. this is number one That's so for sure. Cool. Yeah, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. Yeah. Also, I love the Goonies. <laughs> um, I di- honestly though, just to go back to the mm-hmm. men's clothing though, this is one of my favorite periods of men's clothing because mm-hmm. I think it's all about those. I love those giant frock coats with like the giant the cuffs, big cuffs, the big cuffs, and, the and it's like, is this like the that's like the restoration period? It is. Or something? Yeah. So, and then the, the giant wigs, which is like, like the baroque. Yeah. yeah. And then they have like those big giant, like big giant sashes Sash. with like all this embroidery work. So yeah. like the men's clothing in this movie I is mean, like really beautiful. This is actually historically a time when men were actually more lavishly dressed than women. Wow. Wow. And would wear heel. I mean, even you don't really see it so much in here, but they were wearing like they would wear high heeled shoes and, you know, lots of ribbons and festooning. And of course, the wigs and all that. But there was more sort of pomp and circumstance involved in the men's dress than comparable to what the not that women weren't wearing a lot in a lot of layers, but it's almost fancier feeling than than women at that time. Um, it's funny because this is, it's so funny. All these wigs and these gown, the dresses, the men's dressing reminds me mm-hmm. of Orlando, the movie oh, with Tilda oh Swinton God, just... and this scene that like she goes, she ends up, um, she ends just up a being, costume designers fever dream. I mean, it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> so, Oh my God. Yeah. But remember he's, um, when he, Orlando's still a man yes. and he is like in India and he's wearing these frock coats with the wigs and he's it's like the, that period with those giant cuffs and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. And he's like getting all super drunk with that other Indian guy. Um, <laughs> it's such an amazing, like it's such an amazing period for men's clothes. I'm just like, Oh my God, you could just go nuts on the embroidery on these things. You really it's can. So beautiful. It's it's like more is more. It's for like sure. buckles and buttons and like so oh my god. And then it this and bows. Yeah. Like there were lots of bows and ribbons and and medals and sashes. Yep. So then they of course this ends up going into like the 18th century where things get less voluminous but still it gets super ornate. With yeah. All that and still wigs, yeah. wigs, wigs, wigs. <laughs> <laughs> the wig store that I frequent every week. Wigs, wigs, wigs. It's right next to gowns, gowns, gowns. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, there. This movie had like it was pretty good for the looks. I mean, there mm-hmm. wasn't anything. It's tough because it's all black and white, so there's not a lot that really kind of stands out as being like. And the lighting is very the, dark. The, too. It, it's it that typical Warner film, Brothers, yeah. almost noir, but not noir yet. But it's it's got that darkness to it where you're like, this is Warner Brothers, isn't it? <sighs> I know it. Yes. There's a lot of beautiful hats for the oh, men's yes. too. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of feathers on the hats and those sort of things. I was like, 
there are so many beautiful like ostrich plumes mm-hmm. on like these beautiful like tall like conical style cats mm-hmm. which reminds me of like the puritan era yep. where they were that doing was, that yeah. sort of all that was missing was a big giant buckle well and that that really was the era like that that and that was what was so funny it's like we look at like the that is the era of like the puritans and when they sort of came to america went to America because England was not conservative enough for them. So they needed to go across to this foreign land, make something even more tight ass, which is just crazy. I love it that we forget about that, about the pilgrims. Yeah. You're like, no, they're, Super Christian conservatives. They're like this Oliver Cromwell thing. Not enough. Yeah. I need to go where I can do it, take it even further. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, so um, this movie is was a gem. Loved mm-hmm. it. Really loved it. it. I mean, it was so. It fun. was. It was really fun. Um, yeah. Um, Errol Flynn. His. His. I mean, he must be wearing a wig. It's a little distracting for me. Oh, that wig. Is, it's a little distracting a because look. if you look at him with short hair, you're like. Oof. Okay, he, was, here we go. Him and I his see. normal hair, it's like... Hey, hey, what's up? It's hey. like, uh, hamana, 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 <laughs> yeah. hamana. Like, he yeah. is a he's a babe. He's a panty dropper, for he, sure. Yeah. Most deaf. But this this wig was not doing And I think his jaunty favors. attitude. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm like, how did... I'm like, the fact that he could make this movie a starring ve- like a star making vehicle mm-hmm. with that wig yeah that's I'll tell you that you, you could tell he his charisma though and and I think the way he plays his character he's he's I don't want to say aloof but I guess kind of aloof but but, but more just like um but he's also like sort of again like the whole like he's a doctor he's got his Hippocratic oath he's trying to do the right thing and and then he's tough I mean yeah there's a lot for a for a lady to love or a dude to love. Uh, or say, or Ross Alexander. Love. <laughs> Ross Alexander. To okay. Love. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Um, yeah. So check this movie out. This yes. movie's fun. Um, yes. It's a, it's a joy. Uh, Especially if you, I mean, well, if you like Errol Flynn, if you like, yeah. a, I mean, it is a sort of, I, I would say probably the, maybe the first talky pirate movie. Cause I think before that it was like Douglas Fairbanks had done, I think they had done a version of Captain Blood. It was more like a silent film. Yeah. Maybe I don't quote me on that, but I mean, they had, they had sort of played around with this, mo- this story before, but this was the first time they just went sort of full on. And it, it really does, did set the tone. And yeah, like I said, it's, you know, it's the movie they played in the Goonies. It was sort of what kind of, I feel like that, that was what carried it through as well. Like that's what I often think yeah. of. And a young Basil Rathbone. Like this is like he's, he's, he has such an elegant profile. He I can see where he there's was something about very him. charismatic. Yeah, there's something yeah. about him where I'm just like I, I okay yeah. I could you know. yeah. And he was he was a master fencer. Yeah. I mean like world class yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. But it was it was a yeah, it was fun. And then he had really those, then he had those eyes. And he looks at you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, right. Yeah, he's, he's kind of good. And I think Olivia de Havilland, wasn't she like 19 years old in this movie? She was. It kind of blows my mind. She seems super young. She's, yeah. I, think, I don't know yeah. her actual age during this movie, but she was, I imagine she was pretty young. Oh. Well, she's a hundred. Yeah. She's 101 years old right now. She is. And that's a good thing to point out is that I think of all the movies we've we've covered, her and Glennis Johns are probably the only two people who are still alive from these movies that we've talked oh, about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so, so far. she's 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 still kicking. Good for yeah. her. She's still raising hell too. Oh, and Angela Lansbury. Oh God, sorry. Oh, but Angela you know, Lansbury. but yeah, like it's just weird. Sometimes we watch these movies and it's like 
you know, you're like, oh my gosh, they're still alive. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. God, Olivia de Havilland, she has seen some shit. She's seen some shit. I mean, really, she's she's really from that golden age, I and mean, like, come on, gosh, wow, amazing. I can't even. I can't even imagine. I can't. I mean, really, to be that young and to be in the presence of someone like him who was just such a pussyhound. I, mean, I don't was, know. Yeah. Like what that that must have been really overwhelming. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I imagine she, it was probably, yeah. but I mean, he, this was his seventh film and he wasn't a big star yet. So, yeah. I mean, it may have been hope. Maybe it helped work to her advantage that he wasn't a big star yet. That's it true. Could it could have been a little bit of like, Ooh, what do I do? Ooh, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't Tom Cruise yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so it's old. Well, not until after this movie. I know. This then one. it was like, Hey ladies. And then everyone got that, that Bob, that, that <laughs> the, the Errol Flynn Bob. It was all the rage. <laughs> yes. All the boys were getting the bob. <laughs> they walk into their barber and say, give me the Peter blood. Did that bob bring all the boys to the yard? <laughs> I got nothing. If it didn't, it will now. <laughs> God, I don't think that I'm going to look good with this haircut. <laughs> no? No, I don't oh, think come so. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it's a little too much. It's I mean, a- it's it's a... Chin length finger waved coiffure. Sydney <laughs> <laughs> Gilleroth can like throw it in a nice Oh, please. Do. You know, he did this wig. Yeah. Like, come on. What do you say? He does all the wigs. He's our wig man. <laughs> I don't think he did the wigs for this movie. He was an MGM man. That's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, that's something. That's movie. Yeah, that's a. That's a that's a goal in life is to get that sweet Peter Blood Bob going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, did we have anything else we want to talk about in this um, movie? I don't. I feel like it, you know it's it's really fun to cover these because I I know that just like that that time like that that time in the '30s was such a and even just sitting here like it's like we're sitting here and like in, in Hollywood like talking about this movie and and there was. It's it's really fun to like use your imagination and think about like what it was like at that time. Yeah. Like just the more we learn about that, you're just like, damn, that was some crazy times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I love yeah. this movie. I think it, it was, was good. Cute. Yeah, I love old movies. And I'm looking forward to seeing another Aeroflow movie soon. Me too. Where I can't wait to I can't wait to do. Yeah. Um, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. That'd be fun. Mm, that's gonna be fun. There's some looks. There's some looks. <laughs> can't wait. Cool. All right, so since we wrap that up, let's let's ease right into those shameless plugs. Shameless plug, la 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 <laughs> la la la, shameless plug. <laughs> Just for you folks. Uh, you can hit us up on social media. You got us at Instagram, Old Hollywood Realness, Facebook, Old Hollywood Realness, Twitter at OHR Podcast. Um, email us at oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories of these. How do you know these movies? What your memories of these movies? Tell us all about it. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also support the show by um, going to our website and using our Amazon banner to shop whenever you normally shop. Super easy. Yep. Just click that. Shop like you normally would. We get a couple of beans to uh, keep this thing going. Literally. Um and I think that is about it. Just have to give our props to Hal Lublin for his vocal talents on the opening of the podcast, mm-hmm. keeping us sounding a profesh. Um, and that also is- allegedly. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, let's see. So, thanks for listening to another episode of Old Hollywood Realness. Thanks for listening. Bye. Ha cha cha.